We are continuing our sermon series called Trust the Process. It is a process, a formative process, in fact. And it's all about the process that we go through to look more like Christ and impact the world. What we've covered so far is the joyful trials. Today we're going to do a fruit check. Next week we're talking about traveling trees and then finally completion. So here, let me, let me try to predict how the next three minutes are going to go. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to make a statement. You're going to think I've lost it. You're going to think I'm nuts. All right, so here's a statement. I want to live in a land with no law. Doesn't that sound like hell? Doesn't that sound like anarchy, total like chaos? Uh, you're probably thinking I'm, nut I'm nuts. And, and I am not unaware of what's going on in the world. I understand all the violence, all the bitterness, all the strife. I understand the need for a strong military. I understand the need for police. Bill, are you saying we should defund the police? <laughs> no, we should give them a raise. Bill, are you saying we should cut back the military and use that spinning elsewhere? No, I am not. I want to live in a world where no law is required. But I live in this world. I want to create an atmosphere where we don't have to rely on laws. Because here's what I'm seeing. Maybe you've noticed this in the news. <clears throat> Every time there's something that goes wrong on a societal level, what is our nation's response? What's the first thing that we hear or do? We try to pass a law, right? Well, let me just ask, is it working? No, I think you know this in the bottom of your heart. Let me give you a couple of examples. Long ago, we declared a war on drugs. We passed all kinds of laws that make drugs illegal. But did you know that America set a record last year? And the record was the record number of overdose deaths due to drugs. The law's not working. This latest round of shootings at the Buffalo supermarket and involving the school. What's, the, what's making the news? What's the splash right now? Let's pass tougher gun laws. Folks, tougher gun laws aren't going to make a difference. Some of the toughest gun laws in the United States are in Chicago, which is the murder capital of the United States. It's not about passing more laws. You can't legislate morality. See, we, we try to do things on the surface, on the outside. We, we try to, to enforce something that is unenforceable because the people who don't care about the law are the people who are doing this in the first place. You can pass all the laws you want. It's not going to change how they react. So we're trying to treat the symptom, but we're not treating the disease. And until we focus and treat the disease, we're going to keep getting what we've been getting, regardless of how many symptoms we treat. It's kind of like a game of societal whack-a-mole. Something pops up, we pass a law. There's no one there. But the problem is the mole keeps coming. And it keeps coming in bigger and worse ways. So if laws aren't working, if external controls aren't working, what will work? I had some good news for us today. We have the answer. As followers of Christ, we have the answer because the fix is from the inside, not the outside. And I brought the answer with me today. Are you ready for the answer to all the world's problems? It's fruit. Does that strike anybody as ironic? Did this whole thing start with fruit? You remember the Garden of Eden story? That's kind of how it all started going downhill. 
But we're going to read a passage today where Paul is going to take fruit and recycle it and say this is actually the answer to the original problem that fruit caused. And it's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. See, if we can fix that from the inside, it will begin to become who we are. And as we live these winsome and attractive lives, people will see the fruit of that Spirit, and they will want to know more. So the setting that we're going to read from this is Galatians uh, in chapter 5. This is a pretty famous passage, so don't check out on me. And um, I'm going to throw it up there, and I'm going to read from, from my scripture as well. But to give you the background of what Paul is writing here, he's writing to the, the Galatian church. Because he went through at one point, he planted all these churches that were doing great. And then don't you know, some people came behind him, and they started teaching some false doctrine. And so this false doctrine became a point of contention because people were uh, latching onto the false teaching and use it, using it as a badge of superiority. You're not a real Jesus follower if you don't do this. Uh, that's a false teaching. Paul recognizes this, and he goes back and he tries to correct it. And so he's correcting them throughout this letter to Galatians. And he talks about this difference between external control and internal control. And he's telling them internal is the way to fix this. And here's what he says, starting in verse uh, chapter 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. These are the words of God for the people of God, and for these words we are grateful. The answer is fruit. The answer to all our woes, cares, and concerns is fruit. I'm not making this up. It's for real. So why, of all the things that Paul could use, does he use fruit as an analogy? I would have picked something more inspiring. I don't think I've ever seen a sports team like, go fruit. It's just not inspiring, right? <laughs> the only worst thing you could have done was pick vegetables, because there's just nothing inspiring about vegetables, right? But at least fruit, maybe. You know, it's kind of deserty, all right? But he picks fruit. Why does he pick fruit? I think he does this on purpose, and there's a wisdom in his choice. Look at these characteristics of fruit. The first one we have to realize is that fruit is a process. That should probably come as no surprise, because the name of the sermon series is Trust the Process, right? So the process implies that it is ongoing and continuous. And our problem, I think, in society today is that we're too concerned with the immediate. We don't have time for that, right? How many people eat Pop-Tarts? Okay, nobody wants to admit that because, you know, I'm always talking about that stuff, right? Okay, let's just say that you desire to have a Pop-Tart, right? So if, if you were going to eat a Pop-Tart, would you put it in the toaster or in the microwave? How many people are toaster people? Toaster, okay, how many people are microwave people? You guys are more patient than most because who has time for the toaster, man? Pop it in the microwave. I got things to do. Just right? out of the box. <laughs> <laughs> I got time for nothing, man. Just straight from the box. We're going for that. I didn't even think about that. That's true. So my point is we are so conditioned to have something instant, right? If you want to eat, you don't even have to get out of your car. You just drive through and they throw food at you out of the window and you can drive home while you eat. Sometimes literally, right? <laughs> 
If you want something from Amazon, I got upset the other day because it said one day delivery and it took two. That's outrageous. <laughs> I can't work like this. Right? We are so conditioned to have things immediately that we've forgotten that there is a process of things to go through. And this fruit of the Spirit is the same way. I mean, look at these, these things. Love, joy, peace, patience. Who doesn't want peace in their life? Who doesn't want patience in their life? But be careful what you pray for, right? This is how I often hear the patience. Lord, grant me patience and give it to me now. That's a process, my friend. And if you pray for patience, be prepared to go through a process that will develop patience in you. That's the way this works. It's a process. We have to remember that. We have to trust that process and let it do its work. The second one is fruit is meant to be given away. Uh, this is another, right behind that uh, uh, sense of immediacy in our culture, I think this is the next biggest problem that we have to face because we, we should be worshiping the Holy Trinity, which is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but my experience is more often about the unholy Trinity, which is me, myself, and I. See, we're all about me. Fruit is meant to be given away. Have you ever seen a, a fruit tree eat its own fruit? That's ridiculous, right? Have you ever seen a Christian develop a relationship with Christ because they want peace and joy in their own life, but they never give that away? That would be ridiculous. And yet it happens every day. Many times we start our relationship with Jesus Christ, and we call it a personal relationship with Christ because it is. Because Jesus Christ died for me. But here's my favorite question. You can ask this all day long, and it will just blow your mind. To what end? To what end did Jesus Christ die for me? So that I could experience my personal peace? So that I could be a good person? Or so that I could share this with the world? And create a, a world that looks more like his kingdom than mine? To what end? It's a great question. We often keep our faith to ourselves, and we keep it personal. Maybe it's because we don't know what to say. Boy, I hope they don't ask me a tough question like, how many angels can dance on the head of a pen? Okay, so nobody's been asked that, right? Or maybe more realistically, uh, you believe in Jesus. How, why does he allow suffering? See, that's a tough one. And I'm afraid to tell people that I'm a Christian because I don't want them to look at the way I live and say, is that a Christ follower? You got the words, your sticker in your back window when you cut me off? That's, that's following Jesus. I saw your act. It doesn't look Christ-like. It puts us under a magnifying glass, doesn't it? Or does it? We have to understand the fundamental reason that we have this faith, that Jesus Christ did what he did, is so that we can share it. Our faith is never just our faith. It's meant to share with the world. Which leads me to the third point, which is, all fruit contains seeds. See, go back to that selfish example for just a second. You're a fruit tree. You produce apples. You survived the winter. You grew roots, which was tough work, by the way. You got to dig through all that dirt and everything. And then the sun came out in the springtime, and you, you sprouted leaves, and, and you, you absorbed the sun and all that wonderful photosynthesis stuff that you learned in science but then forgot about. And pretty soon you produced this little bud, and it's your pride and joy. And it grows into a full-grown fruit, and it's the most delicious-looking thing that you've ever seen. 
And then some knucklehead comes along and picks it off and eats it. Like, what did I do all that work for? Somebody else gets to enjoy my fruit. And if we stop the story there, yeah, it's kind of pointless. And so would our faith be if it's just for me. Why would somebody else benefit? Uh, what's my benefit? What's in it for me? Until you realize there are seeds in that thing. And when that knucklehead comes along and picks that fruit and eats it, guess what? There's going to be seeds planted elsewhere. And where there are seeds planted, there will be more fruit trees that will produce more fruit, that will produce more fruit trees, that will produce more fruit. And before, your world, the, before you know it, the world is taken over by Johnny Appleseed, or St. John, as we know him. Man, you guys need some coffee this morning. All right. <laughs> Understanding that it contains seeds. So, so check this out. Let's overlay the Great Commission with the properties of fruit. This is why Jesus says things like, Go, make disciples of all the nations. It's a process. It's going to take some time. It's a thing that is ongoing. It is meant to be given away. That's why he says go, not make them come to you, if it's convenient for you. And that's why he says contain seed. Make disciples so that they can grow their own fruit of the Spirit, so that they can genuinely possess all this list that looks so wonderful. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Who doesn't want that? I certainly want that when other people interact with me. Uh, have you ever prayed this prayer? God, please just make them more kind. Be prepared. You know the story, right? One finger points out, three fingers point back. What is my role in making that process happen? I think Paul knew exactly what he was writing about because all these characteristics are wrapped up in this great commission to go and make disciples of all the nations. It's a good blueprint for what we do, but specifically, what should we do about this? Well, the first thing that we should do is we should focus. How many fruit trees do you think there are that are distracted from the idea of growing fruit? Just picture this. Picture this is there's an apple tree out there. It's like, you know, I'm supposed to grow fruit today, but I checked my leaf book page, and this other tree is out there me. <laughs> Right? I, I don't have as many apples as they do. Or worse yet, I don't have any oranges. I really want to make oranges. But you're an apple tree. Folks, you're never going to make oranges if you're an apple tree. What I'm trying to say is God has uniquely equipped you for something. So be you. Be who God made. Do you the way that God wants you to do. Let the world see that fruit. Because that's what you're called to. So understanding the focus... There's never a time when a tree is not devoted to growing fruit. Think about this. Even in the wintertime, did you know I, I learned this because I am an agricultural expert that can Google. So I Googled, what happens to a tree in the winter, a fruit tree in the winter? Do you know that the tree is actually tracking chill hours? Is anybody familiar with chill hours? I'm not talking about happy hour at the bar. I'm talking about when winter comes in the tree, it, it actually ticks off chill hours so that it knows about what time it's starting should start putting out leaves. So even in the dead of winter, it's thinking about putting out leaves, and again, my favorite question, to what end? Well, it puts out leaves so that it can do photosynthesis. To what end? To grow fruit. There is never a time that a tree is not thinking about growing fruit. So, Christ followers, should there ever be a time when we're not thinking about growing the fruit of the Spirit? Is there ever a time when we should not think about how am I following Jesus today? 
See, the question that we ask is, how can I fit Jesus into my life? That's the wrong question. Here's the right one. How can I fit my life into Jesus? How can I reflect him in everything that I do? How can I focus solely on this one thing? Here's a good trivia game that you can play. Don't look at the screen. Don't look at your Bibles. Don't look at your phones. Does Paul say the fruits of the Spirit or the fruit of the Spirit? Fruit. Darn it. You guys know the answer. He says fruit. Now, why is that so important? Why am I making such a big deal out of one little S? Because there's one source for this, and it is the Holy Spirit. We want peace, we, we pursue peace. We want to be more kind, so we go chasing after kindness. We want to learn to be more gentle, so we go get some self-help books and learn how to be gentle. I don't know, I'm making this up. The point is, we chase the fruit. You're never going to get fruit by chasing fruit, folks. We're going to get fruit by paying attention to the root. And that root is the Holy Spirit. This is good news. There are no need to be distracted by anything else. Pursue the Holy Spirit. Single-mindedly pursue the Holy Spirit. Develop that taproot. And this will follow. That's the promise that is made here. So focus is the first thing that we can do. The second thing is stay the course. Going back to our tendency to, to go back and forth and not stick with anything too long. Fruit is a process as is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. You can't just go, apple, and make it happen. Right? It takes time. So the more time that we spend in walking with the Holy Spirit and inviting Him into our lives and pursuing Him, and you may be thinking, a bill of all sounds good, but I don't know how to do that. Well, let me say two words. Spiritual discipline. Spiritual disciplines will help you develop this relationship that will allow you to pursue that. And when the TV goes blank and you have nothing to say, the Holy Spirit will tell you what to say next. Or not. <laughs> I think the AC turned on, so we have a choice between being cool or me looking cool. So I'll look like a nerd for a minute. But here's the thing. After we stay the course, the last thing that we need to do is think about giving, not about getting. Now, this is a tough one for America today. Because a lot of times when I talk to people, if I haven't seen them recently, if they've missed community group or they've missed church, They'll say, you know, oh, I've been doing this, been doing that. And you get down to the bottom line of it, and it is, I'm not really getting anything out of it. You know what my question back will be? Okay, what are you giving to it? Do you recognize that sometimes just your presence? You know, we always say the prayers, presence, gifts, and service. Just your presence here means something to someone else. Just the way that you are means something to someone else. So the way that you greet someone at the door, the way that you serve coffee, the way that you praise, the way that you sing, the questions and the conversations that you have afterwards mean something to people. Don't take that for granted. Think about what you can give, not just what you can give. I don't really feel like I fit in a community group anywhere. I don't, I don't have a sense of community. What are you giving to community so that you can get something from it? Jesus isn't a one-way flow valve. It's not just receive, receive, receive. It's flow, it's give, it's seeds, it's planting. It's all of these things. They're back. And that's what I just said. <laughs> all right, so let me paint a picture of the future. It has two possible outcomes. One picture 
is that we continue to focus on the unholy trinity, me, myself, and I, and we grow fruit that is just for us. It's very exclusive. Or we get distracted and we never get around to growing that fruit of the Spirit. And that darkness, that bitterness will grow. Something's going to grow. And here's what happens when something else grows. There's a list right before that famous list that will tell you what happens when we live in the flesh. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of road rage, and uh, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness. That's what's going to grow if we don't focus right. And just like that desert wasteland, that desert, that dryness, and that darkness will continue to encroach on our families and on our individual lives. The other way that we can see a way forward is to live in the Spirit. And as we produce these fruits, as we live genuine lives with Jesus Christ, and we produce love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, and people see that authentically, they're going to want to know, what is it that you have, and how do I get that? And as we give away that, and as we give the seeds that go with that, this oasis that we have here called Word Circle will begin to spread. It'll spread in our workplaces, in our families. It'll spread in our schools. It'll spread through the town of Fulcher and Fort Bend County to the state of Texas, to the United States, and around the world. This is possible. Not only is it possible, it is our commission by our God to go and make disciples of all the nations. Paul knew what he was talking about. Because against such things, there is no law. And if we live this now, our children and our grandchildren will inherit a lush garden. If we don't, they'll inherit a vast desert. I want to solve this so that my kids, so that my grandkids have the best. I want to live in a land where there is no law. Doesn't that sound like heaven? Will you bring it? God, thank you for your Holy Spirit that guides us. Forgive us when we fail to see it and follow. Equip us by the pouring out of your Spirit and our ability to see you more clearly, to live into that process that you have as you work in and through us. Help us to stay the course and not be distracted from what it is that you created us to be. Help us to focus on the giving and not just the getting. Help us to realize that as we are changed, we will change others. God, I pray that right now, as we prepare to leave this place, that we would make that choice today, because fruit takes time. It doesn't just happen overnight. So God, let us begin the planting, the nurturing, and the growing right now, so that future generations will see an abundance of the fruit of the Spirit. <clears throat> that they will experience your love and your joy. That they will experience the patience and the kindness and the gentleness and the self-control that seems to be lacking today's environment. God, let us not do this of our own power, but only of yours, because that's the only way this works. God, we give you our all, because you first gave to us.